0: Well, good, morning. good morning. Good morning. again. There we go. Hope everyone's well. Good to see some folks back with us. It's been out a few weeks. Um, good place to be. I actually wasn't supposed to be here this morning, but it was way too cold out in the woods. So it's uh, about 8.30. I'm like, Nick, I can't take this no more. So we we left and I ended up here. So, But it's good to be here. Um, can't wait for the, the message from Brother John here in a little bit. Um, one quick update to the announcements the Salvation Army there's no sign up but I think from those times you can kind of just show up whenever um, I know sister Bev went this week and she said it was awesome I think they just they're packing bags for I think it's in a couple of weeks they're actually going to deliver the stuff so she said you can just show up anytime between those hours and, and help pack stuff so she said it was really cool uh, so sign up or don't sign up for that Just show up for that got my myself messed up any other announcements for the day? Um, We had to take last year off, but the intermediate class will be sorting and delivering Christmas cards if you would like them um, handed out to the congregation. We've got the the big box back out over there on the table. So if uh, you have any Christmas cards that you would like passed out among the congregation, put them in there, and the intermediate class will sort them out and get those handed out this holiday season. So just want to remind everybody we're back in action. (laughs) Well, and on that same note, Daniel... Um, you know, there's some folks that aren't with us for sickness or what have you. Let's, let's make sure we send them, you know, to their houses. And, and Brother Kenny and Willis and Kathy. And I think we really need to, you know, show our love to those people this season. So, any, anything else? Any other announcements? Anyone with a special song this morning? Right.
1: Brother John. Well, Good morning. Good morning. Again, that's what three times it's almost lunchtime. Better be quick. It's good to be here this morning, as it's already been said. A lot of people hurting. We heard the uh, request made this morning, and uh, so let's remember all those who are sick. We'll be in the uh, eighth chapter of the Gospel of John again. Uh, we're going to kind of pick up where we left off uh, a couple weeks ago when we spoke. Um, we'll start at verse twelve. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go, and ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet, if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one, I am one that bear witness of myself and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. So right there, kind of, you remember last time we had all those who brought the the woman woman caught in adultery and all the witnesses that caught her in the act left and then cast stones. And Christ is kind of using that in the law to uh, show that him and his father are, are one, yet two witnesses. Continuing on there, it says, Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Of course, you know, they're looking around, they, they don't see what's going on here. Ye he neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple. And no man laid hands on him for his hour has not yet come. So if you remember a few days before, um, Jesus was in the temple teaching and the temple guard didn't, re- didn't arrest him. Told well, back to the church leadership, never heard a man speak like this man. And here he is, this is at the end of the feast of the tabernacles, of the feast of shelters. And, and, and Jesus is still on the scene, yet his time has not come. Now, just the back and forth here between Jesus and the Pharisees, they, they're just not getting it. They, they just don't get it. We go from feeding 5,000, walking on the water, to going through I am the bread of life, all this going on. The, the example of the, the lady caught in adultery and, uh, you know, he without sin cast the first stone. And you know, all this, the, the leaders of the church are not getting it. Then said Jesus again unto them, verse 21, I go my way and ye shall seek me and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, ye na- you ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, whether I go, ye cannot come. And kind of making the differential there that, you know, he's going to go to heaven and everybody else is going to die in their sin and go to hell. And he said unto them, ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I had therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he... Ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you. Be he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not but he spake of them, to them of the Father. And then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of men, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that set me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, and I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Many believed on him, but there were still a lot that didn't believe on him. These Pharisees, these church leaders, they they were blind. They They didn't get it. That's no different than it is today. No different than it is. Some get it and some don't. And... There in verse 12 is where I want to concentrate this morning. It says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So we come the Feast of the Tabernacles is just wrapping up. Um, It had just finished at at the end of. Uh, chapter Seven. And then we have the account of the woman took it, taken in adultery in the very act, and you know everybody's everybody's left the the scene here. And Jesus says, "Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more." And then the story continues. Now, whether this is you know the same day or day after that, we don't know, but we do know that the feast had just ended, and. A couple, couple unique things of this feast. There's, there's seven feasts and three of the feasts that people were required to go to. And uh, this is the third of those feasts, the last feast of the, of the, of the season. Uh, the men's class were studying about Rehoboam and Jeroboam. And Jeroboam uh, was uh, the king or the leader of the northern kingdom. And he set up a festival to mimic this to keep those people close to him so they wouldn't go back to the house of Jesse and follow Rehoboel. Two interesting things about this feast is that there was a big camp out. This feast was all about reminding them of the 40 years that the Israelites spent in the wilderness traveling around in tents and that. So it was required of every Israeli to... Camp out using twigs, leaves, tarps, camel's hair, whatever. Um, The other interesting thing of this feast is that uh, there was erected uh, two giant uh, menorahs or uh, candle, big candles in the in the court of women and in Solomon's uh, temple uh, on the outside court. Uh, was known as the Court of Women. And there was three gates, one on the north, one on the south, that came from the, from the king's palace, and the one on the east. And uh, going in, any of those three gates brought you into this, this court. And the court was the farthest point that women could go in, but it was the general traffic pattern into the temple area to bring your sacrifice, to make your donations, and, and here uh, it said that Jesus was speaking at the treasury. Well, the treasury was in the court of women. So people would come through that through, through the, one of those gates, mostly northern or eastern gate, to uh, pay their alms. And that kind of ties into Acts where Peter and John are going to the temple and the, the man, the cripple from birth, was there begging alms, and they're outside the beautiful gate. So the eastern gate is known as the beautiful gate. But these two candelabras that was in this area were 70 feet tall. They had 10-gallon pitchers or buckets on the top of them where they had the oil to burn. They used the old uh, garments from the priests that they couldn't use anymore as wicks to burn. And so on the first day of the feast... They would light those uh, torches, candles, no, whatever you want to call them. And that gave. it was so bright that it said to, and, and the temple was up on um, Mount Moriah. so it was the highest point in Jerusalem. So that, that light from those candles would light the, all the streets in Jerusalem. And here at the end of the, at the end of the uh, festival, They put those lights out. And these lights were very important to the Israelis because they they reminded them of how God led them through the wilderness, the fire by day, the cloud by night, how God would come down over the tabernacle and his presence would be manifested uh, uh, there, uh, his power, his presence would be there. So they, they understood that. And then... Christ, making one of the I am statements, says, I am the light of the world. So that got their attention really quick, especially the church leadership uh, at that time. Uh, so it was very significant uh, for them, the light, and, and Jesus um, proclaims that he is that light. Um So uh, there's, there's several, several other scriptures that, that kind of show Christ's uh, credentials as being uh, compared to light. And in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, it talks about um, uh, the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them. Light has shined, and then Matthew uh, records the prophecy of that uh, Isaiah as coming through true. As Matthew writes, that um, the people who sat in darkness have seen great light, and upon those who sat the, in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Before Christ was born, John the Baptist's dad, Zechariah in in Luke chapter uh, one says the day spring or the sunrise or the dawn from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. And then John's gospel starts out talking about how Christ is the word. And it goes on to say that in him, in verse 4 and 5, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And then when Nicodemus came by night and talked with, talked with Jesus, Jesus goes on and tells him, uh, there in John 3, uh, verse 19 and 20, says, And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. <clears throat> so a lot of scripture uh, and these are just, just a, a handful of ones that you could, you can dig out uh, that relate to um, Jesus and his comparison of being light. The other thing to look at here is his claim, saying, I am the light. It doesn't say that I am a light, or another light, or a way to the light, or have a light. Um, he declaring that he's the one and only light I am the light of the world and and again kind of a chapter or so before when Christ is Going back and forth with the Pharisees about the bread of life, and they were going over Moses and the manna, and Christ was saying, You know, I am that bread, I am that nourishment, I am that sustainer, I am all those things that was then, and I am still today. And he's still saying that right now. This is the second analogy. He goes from, I am the bread, I am the light. And they're still not getting it. So he, he, he proclaims that and again he's gonna we they they know what the, the festival was all about, you know, they they've camped out all week, they just put out the big lights, and you know, Christ has done all this stuff and 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 taught and forgave that woman, and here he is, you know, continuing on and trying to get them to understand. And that's no different than we we, we are 2,000 plus years later. We meet on Sunday mornings. We go to our places of work and school and our things outside here, trying to be that light, trying to be that witness. And some people get it and some people don't. Some of the, the things that uh, the light symbolizes is, is, is God's presence. So if we go back to Exodus chapter 13... Again, in the cloud, in the fire, when the cloud came down, God was present. And it's no different than uh, we may not physically see a flame before us or a cloud leading us, but God is with us he dwells in us through his spirit. It also symbolizes his guidance. You go to, uh, to again, Exodus uh, 13, uh, I think it's Numbers 19, Numbers chapter 9. It talks about um, him leading the way. They moved when the cloud moved. They moved when the flame moved. When the, when the cloud stayed all over the tabernacle, they stayed. And that's, that's the same way for us. We, we should move when the Spirit leads us to move and stay where the Spirit tells us to stay. Don't act out on ourselves. Don't do things our way. That gets us in trouble Every time. He's going to lead us where he wants us. He puts us where he wants us. Just like they didn't know where they were going. They never never traveled the, that way before. You know, they walked around in circles for 40 years. Following. And they, they needed to be obedient. And sometimes we sit there and we struggle. Whether it's our job or whether it's. Uh, something we're involved in and we wonder why in the world am I still doing this? Well, a lot of times God's got a good reason for that. And we just need to to be patient and obedient. And also that uh, Christ being that light uh, symbolizes Him being a protector. If you remember in chapter 14 of Exodus, they're going out to the Red Sea. And... You know, we've got this this sea coming up, and here comes Pharaoh's army and their chariots in hot pursuit. And that cloud that was leading them, the angel of the Lord and the cloud moved behind the children of Israel, making it dark and stopping Pharaoh's army in its tracks, but still allowing light for the children of Israel to cross the Red Sea. And it's the same thing... For us today, he's, he's going to protect us. Another interesting thing is that that part of that land, that desert part of that land, is, is very extreme temperatures. And, and, and Tyler, coming from that part of the world there from his his uh, tour of duty, uh, 140 to 150 degrees Fahrenheit, and some nights gets below freezing. So very very extreme temperatures. That cloud preserved them. That cloud kept the heat out or kept the warmth in to keep those Israelites from, from, from passing away. He'll do the same thing for us. He'll, he'll take care of us. We've heard all these requests over the COVID and, and everything. He'll, he'll be with us. He'll, he'll help us through these things. Whatever his will is, um, he'll be with us. So I am the light of the world. And what, what are some characteristics of light? And when I think about it, I kind of get excited be Excited being a science guy, you know, I think of white wavelengths and frequencies and, and uh, energy and photons and, and, and speed. Speed of light, three, three times 10 to the eighth meters per second. Uh, very, very fast. Goes one direction. It's uh, pretty, pretty amazing stuff. But uh, a couple other characteristics of, of of light is that it reveals. You know, you, you're looking for something in the dark bedroom or something. You flip that switch and like, oh, there it is, laying on the floor. Like my phone was on Friday, more, or what day was that? Friday. Friday. put the switch on, and there's my phone sitting on the dresser. I left it. So it reveals, uh, allows us to see what darkness hides and conceals. C.S. Lewis says this about the light. It says, I believe in Christ like I believe in the sun, not only because I see it, but because by it all things are seen. Amen. So the light. You know, some people avoid church because of the light. They don't, want to see, they don't want to see how their life is being lived. Other characteristic of, of light is that it blinds. Um, just like I, I mentioned about the children of Israel and the, the Pharaoh's army, that, that cloud went behind, provided light for the, the, the Israelis to see and go across the Red Sea on dry land. But it was it was a blinding presence for those Pharaoh and his army because they couldn't find him. They couldn't go anywhere. They were they were stuck. Mm-hmm. And there's there's two 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 types of people who can't see or are considered blind. Those who are really blind, their optic nerves and retinas and all that are are messed up, so they can't they can't take light in to to, mm-hmm. to look at the different wavelengths and stuff to, to discern color or or um, Or form. And then the others are those who close their eyes tightly and refuse to see it. And that's kind of how these Pharisees were. All the back and forth between Jesus and trying to get them to understand that, you know, him and his father are one and his father sent me, and you you don't understand all these things that have come to pass. They're like sitting there like this. They don't want to see. That 's no different today a lot of people hear it but they refuse to see it <clears throat> but as a as the the passage here stops here around verse 30 it says and he spake these words many believed on him so there's there's a lot that followed him that were following him for the wrong reasons. And just because they were trying to get something out of him, going back to the feeding of the 5,000, everywhere he went, they, you know, they wanted to make him king. So he'd take care of them, provide for them. Wrong motives, wrong reasons. But a lot of, a lot of folks were starting to get it. A lot of people have been following him were starting to get it Again. Their ears perked up when He said, I am. They knew what that meant. The great Yahweh. So is God speaking to you? Have you trusted Him? You know, another interesting thing about this is that out of all the I am statements, you go back to Matthew right before the Sermon on the Mount. And Christ says, you are the light of the world. How can that be? Christ says, I am light, but how are we the light of the world? There's no light in us. We can't can't generate light. Think of it this way. Say, we're the moon. And Christ is the sun. We just had a full moon a few weeks ago. And there was a, like an eclipse where the Earth was in line and blocked it. We didn't get to see it because it was cloudy that morning, wee hours in the morning. But it was a full eclipse, so the light of the moon you couldn't see. That that moon's reflects, Where to reflects Christ's life light. And that earth, the things of the world, we got to get rid of that. We can't have that blocking Christ's light in us. There's a lot of things that get in our way. A lot of things we allow in our way. Worldly things, earthly things. And it blocks that Christ's radiation that His light on us to reflect. So maybe you're here this morning and... And maybe the world's gotten, is, is, is doing an eclipse on you, a solar eclipse, or whatever eclipse is called, lunar, solar, um, on you. Hey, is there something in the way? Maybe it could be anything. It may, it may not be sin itself. It could be just worry, doubt, anxiety, whatever. whatever it is. We all struggle with different things. But there's things that others we do struggle with. Self, pride, some type of an addiction, whether it's drug related or habit related, whatever it is. You know, you gotta let God's light shine. Not to hide it under a bushel, but let it shine. So, as we stand and have one verse of a song this morning, and before, before we do that, I'd like to. to read Philippians chapter 2. And and Paul writes this in some of my favorite scriptures. Starting at verse 12, it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as we have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, do all things without murmurings and disputing, and that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Now that's that's kind of our commission. Those of us who have have trusted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we we are to to live a life like this, like Paul speaks of there at the Philippian church. Whether he's there or whether he's not, we're consistent, blameless, harmless, all these characteristics here, and let that light shine. As we have a verse of song, if you have a need this morning, we, we pray that you come, and we'll pray with you. Kneel
0: at the cross Christ will meet you there In a lovely way so